gonna let you intro me for everywhere I go. I'm just gonna record that, and you can just play it. It makes me sound very. Very elegant. And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Time for the many minutes of Mungle Not Fame. And I'm pretty excited about this one. And as we chat with Matt Mungle of the Entertainment Answer, go to theentertainmentanswer.com. And there you're going to get so much the Mungle Show podcast and radio commentary. Matt, how are you? Thanks for coming back on. I'm well, man. It's always a pleasure to hang out. Always a pleasure to hang out. Doesn't happen as often as we would like, but we're both very busy, busy. A uh, couple of things. We're like newspapers. we got to quote you on this. The new Transformers <laughs> movie has come out, Rise of the Beasts, and people either like Transformers movies or they don't. Matt, I don't think you do because it, you text me the other day, I can't stand Transformers movies. They are the worst. And I said, yeah, well, what about Optimus Prime? Okay, maybe Optimus. He's okay. But the rest, the rest are punks. That does sound like something I would say, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I stand by it, man. I'll die on that hill. I have never been, and I'm glad to hear that there's other people who aren't Transformers fans, because I always feel like I'm in the minority whenever I hate a franchise. Oh, no, there's others never, out there for sure. Yeah, I have never been in the Transformers camp. I never grew up watching the cartoon. Um, I didn't watch any of the earlier installments, not until you know they started the big franchise with Shia. But uh, I, just, I just don't like the characters. There's nothing that... I just don't like them. I wouldn't hang out with them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let them watch my kid. I, mean, I don't know. It's just weird. But other than Optimus, you don't like Optimus the action-packed intensity of the Transformers movies, and there's also a lot of morality interweaved throughout all of the stories. Is there though? No. You know the action is great, even in, in Rise of the Beast. There's some great action sequences, but they're all very much the same. I mean, it's like, oh, I'm going to turn into a car now. Well, let me fight first, and then it's like, I don't know. It's just. It, it just seems very repetitive and over, a little bit over the top, and all the action sequences still feel straight on. The only thing about Rise of the Beast that appealed to me were the um, the, the new animal. What do they call like? Oh, the Maximals. Or, <laughs> Maximals. Yeah, not Animaniacs. That's another cartoon. Um, yeah, the Maximals I liked. That almost saved this film for me. Uh, Optimus yeah, Primal never, was a pretty cool character. He was, but you know, even in this one, he was like, you know, I'm stuck here on Earth, and I hate these humans. And oh, I was talking about uh, uh, Optimus Primal, the uh, the gorilla. Oh, 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 yeah, the gorilla. Yeah, no, yeah, all of the Maximals were cool. Optimus Primal was was cool. The the falcon owl thing, the, the cheetah, all of those animals were great. Um, but yeah, the, I still was lost on the on the Transformers themselves. I just don't, I just don't know. There's just nothing endearing to them uh, to me at all. What I so liked about Optimus Prime in this film, and maybe you will at least agree with this because you've seen the other iterations. This was a prequel to the other movies that were made. So this was supposedly when the very beginnings of when the Transformers came to Earth. So you don't really know why. And I like this iteration because Prime hasn't come to Optimus to trust the humans yet. And it shows that he has to actually find a way to trust them and love them instead of in the original Transformers movie, which I love he just instantly has these we need to protect the humans mentality. Right. So it is good to know that that's the sequence of events, because if not, you you think he's just kind of flip flopping back and forth. It's like, why did he go from this to I can't wait to get off of this stinking planet? Um, so, yeah, it, it is good to know that. And now you do have some of the iteration of, of why he feels like humans are worth protecting. Uh, but still, I mean, and he always does have great speeches. He's got the voice and. You know, he's always rallying the troops, but it, again, it still felt like a lot of what we'd seen before. 
And I just, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm not a car guy either. So I'm not really fascinated about transforming into these cool cars. I don't know. Maybe See, I'm the opposite of therapy. you. I grew up watching the cartoons. I grew up playing with the toys and the action figures. I still collect the action figures. I'm all in, Matt. But what's interesting is they took this from a story, which was the 1986 animated Transformers movie. They changed it a little bit, but there was a lot of key pivotal plot points that they took from that movie into this iteration and made it as the prequel that we saw with Transformers Rise of the Beasts. A lot of differences, but I loved it. And I thought that there's going to be a lot of people out there. If you're a Transformers fan, you will enjoy this movie. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, remove from the equation the fact that I'm not in that camp. But if you love Transformers, this is a fun movie to watch at the theater. You have to see it on the big screen. I went and saw it. It's loud. It's big. It's visual. So there is a lot in this to gravitate to if you're in that camp. So this is one of those that, that, yeah, fans will probably love this movie and should love it and should support it because it does have a lot of positive things about it if, if, again, you love the franchise. Get us PG-13. Check it out. We're here on Across the County with Matt Mungle of the Entertainment Answer talking about a couple of different things, mainly Transformers Rise of the Beasts now in theaters. I'm a big Transformers fan. I will ask you because it's on the EntertainmentAnswer.com. People can read your article there. For you, Matt, are there any redeeming moments in the movie that you were like, you know what? It was worth seeing for A, B, and C. Uh, I think just simply for the, the visuals and for the how it looks on the big screen. Um, other than that, there there isn't. I didn't really gravitate to the characters, so I, I just don't know. I don't think I'm the person to hype this film. I think I am the person that if you if you're not in the Transformers camp, you would you would lean to me and go, "Will I be in the camp after this film?" And that answer is no. Well, at least you're very honest about that. Always honest. <laughs> I will give it a four out of five because it is, I think, true to most of the Transformers mythos. Takes a lot from the '86 Transformers movie. Optimus Prime, Peter Cullen. You can't go wrong there. And I love, 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 love Optimus Primal in this movie. I just think he does outstanding. And it got a 91% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's not too shabby. Optimus Primal, by the way, voiced by Ron Perlman. So go check out the story of Unicron. Matt, how many stars would you give it if you had to? I think on the website I gave it three. I gave it three because, again, it's, it's, a, it's a popcorn movie. It's a big-budget movie. It's one to see. And, again, it's one that people from the franchise are going to gravitate to. I mean, you probably like the Ninja Turtles, too. So, I mean, I'm going to fault you. No, see, I'm the opposite there. Interesting. People probably wouldn't expect this of me. I have never liked any version, any iteration of the Ninja Turtles. It's just it does not interest me. Oh, so we can still be friends. Oh, I love it. That's great. Correct answer. Ding, ding, ding. Well, now let's see if we can still be friends. Let's get a quick uh, 60 second update on what you thought, because I've been texting you about this. I loved, loved, loved Kiefer Sutherland's rabbit hole on Paramount Plus. I thought it wasn't 24, which I liked. He could still move for the aging Kiefer Sutherland. And I'm hoping they actually come out with a season two. You know, I do too. You did. You were texting me and I was like, eh, because I did. I thought it was going to be another 24. I really did. And there was nothing on and I had caught up on most of the stuff I needed to watch. And so my wife and I started watching Rabbit Hole and I was instantly addicted. This thing is fun. There's twists. Every episode, you don't really see come see what's coming, and they keep you in the dark about some things. You think you have something figured out, and you don't. Uh, I thought it was perfectly written, splendidly acted. It was just a great little series, and I, I like you. I hope they do a season two. Kiefer was great, but I must say, and I have to ask you as well, since the whole season is over, 
For me, the shining star was the guy that played his father, Dr. Ben Wilson, Charles Dance. I mean, what a star-studded performance by him. Yes, yeah, and his character was written well too. Because I, I mean, I still don't. I mean, I still don't know if I should trust him or not. I'm not. No spoilers there. I, I, he he just did a perfect job of just keeping the cloak pulled enough where you one moment pull for him, and next minute you didn't trust him, and you don't know. So yeah, he he was a stel- he was a stellar uh, position in that. And come Emmys and come Critics Choice TV Awards and all that, I think we're going to see a lot about Rabbit Hole on that list. I think so. I think it's going to be very successful. Again, you and I both hoping for a season two. As much as I would love to see a 24 revival one more time with Jack Bauer, if the way forward is Rabbit Hole, you know, Matt, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, you can't be, can't go wrong with that. No, not at all. And now there's going to be something that you're going to be talking about, speaking with nothing wrong about it, with a movie, I believe, called Elemental, which I have not seen yet. You have. Tell us all about it. Yeah, this is from the Pixar camp, who we all can usually trust is going to bring us some great stuff. And it's by the creators who brought us Inside Out several years ago, which is one of my favorite Pixar movies. And this one caught me by surprise. I thought it was going to be just uh, just a phone-in film, but it was had a lot of heart, has a lot about family, about fathers what it means to, uh, to have one or not have one and how we want to live up to them and, 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 and earn their respect. And it's got a lot of humor. It's about elements. So you have fire, water, earth. And so you think Zootopia, but instead of animals, you've got the elements and they all live in their little sections and they have to learn to, you know, fire and water have to learn to live together. And so there's a lot of really nice, sweet moments in this, a lot of humor. And again, if you're looking for something for the family this summer, you can't really go wrong with it. That's great. That's, I'm going to definitely go check that out. I like most things that Pixar comes out with. I mean, they've really been the company, if you ask me, that comes out with good quality animation and the stories usually are out of the park. Yeah, they are. And they do such a great job in this one. I want to. I can't wait to see it again at home where I can pause every scene and read the little signs because they do a lot of transforming modern world into a world that like the elements would live in. So you're on a subway and instead of no standing, sitting or running, it would say like no sprouting or no flaming or (laughs) all the little, all the little nuances that would deal with elements. So there's just a ton in there to, to gravitate to. Matt Mungle here with us from the Entertainment Answer. I told him nine minutes, and here we are, you know, rounding out an entire episode of the show. But that's okay. It's my show. I can do that. Uh, Matt, before we get to the the last thing I want to talk about on the show, we, we are on Pixar, so I do want to ask. I heard murmurings. Have you heard them as well? Maybe this is just down some rabbit hole that doesn't exist. They doing another Toy Story movie? You know what? I've heard people wanting one, and they have talked about even doing a prequel to all of them with how Andy gets the original uh, toys and some things there. But uh, I don't think there's anything scripted. You know, Tom Hanks is very hush on whether he would come back. And so I I don't know. I would be very leery at this point to say one way or the other, if I can be that. I'd be okay with the prequel. Give me more Toy Story. These are movies that I don't think ever get old. Yeah. Now, the the problem with that is that Buzz Lightyear did not do well. That was supposed to be a storyline of why Andy bought Buzz to begin with. And... To me, that was a, that was a flop of the year, and I, I was so disappointed in, in the light year film. You know why I think uh, it and, flopped, and, and, and here's my honest answer with that. People have asked me, you know, different political reasons. I don't think that's it. It wasn't marketed as the movie it actually was. So people went in thinking it was literally going to be, hey, this is a prequel to Toy Story, which it kind of is loosely, but it's not. And I think it caught people off guard. 
it did. It was like they, they push it as, and then when the movie starts, you're like, this is the, sh- the show that Andy watched and made him buy Buzz. And even if you watch the trailers, it was like this really cool, epic space thing with uh, Elton John's music, and you thought it was going to be, and then it just wasn't. It was almost like it should have been straight to Disney+. Plus. It was, uh, yeah, it was just so under par. And I think they tried to do too much with it. They tried to push too many boundaries, and I, I don't know. It do you just, think any of it had to do with the fact that Tim Allen wasn't Buzz Lightyear, or do you think that was a non-factor? No, I think it was a non-factor. I think it came down to script writing and and, and direction and what they wanted to, to bring apart in the movie. And it kind of backfired because after everybody watched it, everybody was like, if Andy would have watched this, he wouldn't have bought a Buzz Lightyear. He would have bought Socks a Cat. That was the coolest part of the whole movie was the cat. That's the toy he would have bought. And that's so how you know you didn't do a good job because the focus is supposed to be on Buzz. <laughs> exactly. He's supposed to be the, the reason that he became an iconic toy. And from just that, he would not have been the iconic toy. Exactly. Well, let's wrap up right here on Across the County with Matt Mungle. I am going to say, if you want to check him out, you can email him at info at mungleshow.com and also on Twitter. Uh, I believe, wait, actually, it's, you were focused at Twitter. It's the Mungle and you're focusing a brand new Instagram. Is it uh, matt.mungle? Yeah, it's matt.mungle, which is the same Instagram. We just kind of made it easier to find. So, yeah, if you go to matt.mungle Instagram, that's the first launching part. And, of course, everything at theentertainmentanswer.com. Of course, entertainmentanswer.com. Last thing I'm going to say, Matt, I recently saw the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Did you catch this in theaters? I didn't. I didn't. So, I, you know, I, this is one, if you get a chance to see it in the theater, you should. I was a little jealous that I didn't catch it in the theater. So uh, did it Did it live up to what you hoped it would? I bring it up for one specific reason, which I brought up on the show uh, without talking to you. But so most people know my favorite Star Wars movie of all time is The Empire Strikes Back. And I didn't think it was ever mm-hmm. going to be touched haven't seen return of the jedi in the theater since they released the special editions back in the 90s it hit me different as an adult just the themes in the movie and i can now safely say after thinking about it even more that my favorite star wars movie to date is return of the jedi interesting now you think if they would have shown the empire strikes back on the big screen that would have just been no, because they, they did that for for that 40th anniversary just a couple of years ago. So I've been, you know, I'm about the same age. There's something about mm-hmm. the it, the return of the Jedi is very, in my mind, Shakespearean. I love the father-son messages, the redemption arc of Darth Vader. There's a lot there that I think hits me more now in my 40s than it did when I was younger. Yeah, I, and I can see that. Uh, I just wish they would get rid of it. I just can't get past the Ewoks, man. I just can't deal with those little Ewoks. Hey, I want Ewoks in Star Wars land. I think that's the next level, Disney. Come on. (laughs) All right. We'll see if they follow that or not. Well, what's coming up if people want to check you out on the Entertainment Answer, Matt? At theentertainmentanswer.com, anything that they should be looking forward to? Well, I think the same thing you and I are looking for, and that's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Ah, yes. that's That's going to be the movie of the summer and the new Mission Impossible film which is the it's the final but it's a two movie final so this is the first movie in the finale of mission impossible those two films i think mission impossible especially are probably going to rule summer i'm going to tell you right now indy i don't know how it's going to turn out very mixed reviews coming out for the media that has already seen it so i'm walking in cautiously optimistic mission impossible 7 i'm just calling it right now is going to be just one of the most thrilling mission impossibles to date I've watched the behind the scenes on this thing. It's going to be a ride. Yeah. And, and I will say something right now, just for people to know, to take, because as a critic, you've got to realize that, and, and, I, and I have to make apologies for them a lot. When you see two or three movies a week and they're two and a half hour movies, 
after, after a while, you're like, ah, oh, another one. So it, it's easy to, to look at an Indiana Jones and go, oh, this was just not as much fun after you've been burnt out all week on three other movies that you watched for two and a half hours. So take these reviews so as I a grain of salt is pretty much what you're saying. I mean, pay attention to it, but, you know, it's not going to be, okay, now this movie is ruined or it's the greatest movie ever made. Exactly, and that's why when you go to Rotten Tomatoes, you'll see that a critic rating might be a 70 and an audience rating is a 95. And that's why, because the fans of the movies are going to love these, and I think Dial of Destiny is going to do a lot better than its earlier critic predictions. Well, I heard that what they're doing is they're actually erasing Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, and Matt Mungle is taking over the uh, the franchise. Is, it, is that what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, uh, but it'll be like Sylvester Stallone, though. They'll have to speed up the footage to make it look like I can actually run fast. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah, that's> <laughs> Matt, this is the way. Thanks for joining us here on Across the County, my friend. As always, it is good to catch up with you. Yeah, always a pleasure. Always. Noah here on Across the County. Go check him out at theentertainmentanswer.com. It's the Mungle Show, radio commentary and podcast.